Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org. So Christmas Eve 1968 um, saw one of the biggest ever TV audiences, which sounds incredible, 1968. One billion people, it's estimated, were watching TV that night. And 1968 had been a pretty difficult year. It was in the middle of the Cold War, Vietnam was still on, Martin Luther King had been assassinated, Robert Kennedy had been assassinated, so people came to the end of 1968 and they were looking for some joy, and, and a billion people huddled around their TVs, and they watched the crew of Apollo 8 as it got close to the surface of the moon, 60 miles above the surface of the moon, and nobody had ever seen the moon before. Nobody had seen the John Lewis advert, nobody had seen, they didn't know whether it was cheese on the moon or there was a man on the moon or whatever else was going on. They hadn't seen the moon and so they were intrigued. And then the three men who were in that spaceship, who actually became the faces of 1968 according to Time magazine. In fact, the Time magazine editorial said, these guys saved 1968. They began to speak. And after they'd done the, hi, mom, hi, Auntie Sally, it's good to see you, we're up on the moon, kind of thing, they started to read from an ancient document. It was the Bible. And they went to the first pages of Genesis, and they read words that would have been read and heard by millions and millions of people before. But suddenly as they hovered, I don't know whether you hover, but if they hovered over the face of the moon, these words had particular pertinence. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was. And pertinent tonight, because those words that that Rich just read for us a, a few moments ago are echoes of those words. Thousands of years later, another writer of the Bible shows up. And he starts to talk about Jesus, and he starts to talk about Christmas, and he uses the same kind of words. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not been able to overcome it. Light is what Christmas is all about. I, mean, I, I totally love Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Buble. Um, and I just totally love it. I love this whole magical thing. I love the lights. I love the food. I love the Brussels. I, it's only the British that could invent Brussels sprouts and the Queen and put them together. It's just kind of cool. I'm, I'm so expectant about the Downton Abbey ultimate finale. Oh my word, it's gonna be amazing. I totally love Christmas, but it must suck to be a primary school teacher. Mustn't it? I mean, how, you got any primary school teachers? It's gotta to totally suck. There's never enough tea towels. And, and, you know, dad's bathrobe, and, you know, it's just, it just sucks, the whole thing. It's just, I mean, I love Nativity Place, but it must, it must suck. Sorry to rain on anyone's parade. But Christmas, the Christmas story isn't actually about donkeys and wise men on camels and, 
and, and feeding troughs and, or even stars. Fundamentally, it's not about that. Fundamentally, the Bible writer says the whole Christmas story is about light. And all these lights are just here to point us to the light. It's the season of light, and we got it right in so many occasions. We get it right when we invite some X-rated celebrity, you know, strictly come X-factor, get me out of here celebrity to turn on our Christmas lights in like October or whatever, whenever we do it. We, we get it right. We get it right when we listen to little William Fotheringill's solo at King's College Choir, like a candle flame burning bright in my mind. We get, we get all that stuff right because light is really important in this whole story. Listen, the, the, the Guinness Book of Records for the amount of lights on a domestic house, this is true, not made this up, is, is held by a guy called Tim Gray of LaGrangeville, New York. I don't know where that is. But the Christmas record is two of 2014, 601,736 domestic lights on his house. He used to get a life, doesn't he? The long winter evenings must just fly by as he plans that. <laughs> but it's all about light. The whole thing is about light. The whole Christmas story is about light. The prophets say the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light because they foretell that something is going to happen. There is a great light that appears in the sky and wise men follow it. There's an incredible light as the angel shows up to Mary and says to a, to a teenage girl, you're going to be pregnant with the savior of the world, which is nuts, but it's another sermon completely. There's, there's, there's just all this stuff which is just incredible about light. It is the story of light overcoming darkness. And yes, it's metaphorical, but it's also so pertinent and so beguiling because for many of us right now, our life, if we're honest, is darkness. And actually, the weird thing is that Christmas just compounds the issue. You know, we, like, we say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but Christmas just compounds the issue that we're living in a whole bunch of darkness because people come stay. And <laughs> we begin to realize that actually our families are pretty dysfunctional. Or is it just me? It's just me. You know, there's always somebody that you think, oh, do you know what? I'm not sure, actually, do, do we really have to have them? How long? You know, there's always somebody, some weird uncle or something that's going on in, in, in the family. Or maybe for you, it's not that people are coming to stay, it's that people aren't coming to stay this Christmas, and it's dark for you. Maybe, maybe there was a time when you, but now not. Maybe there's a darkness of loneliness. Maybe you thought but by now you'd be married, but you're single, and, it, and, and, and it's very couply at Christmas time, and, everyone's, and it's, it's, it's hard. Or maybe it's the darkness of, of finances that just aren't working for you, or health that isn't working for you, or, or, or disappointment. We're coming to the end of 2015. At the start of 2015, you had all these ambitions for your life, and they have not stacked up, and you got disappointed by the whole thing. And actually, in your heart, as you review the thing, it's just a little bit disappointing, and it feels dark, and you feel discouraged. And in our world, it's far worse. I mean, your feelings are one thing, but in the badlands of Iraq, and in the camps of Syria, and in the waiting in Cali, and the brothels of India, and the schemes of our city, and on the streets tonight, it's darkness. So without wanting to rain on the Christmas parade, big statement, if you're facing darkness, the real Christmas story is good news, because here it is, light has come. And not just conceptual light, but embodied light, a person light. And this light overcomes darkness. So Rich was reading from the Apostle John, who probably knew Jesus more than anyone else knew Jesus, because he was one of his best mates. 
And John gets to the end of his life and he starts to analyze the whole of the Jesus thing and he starts to analyze the Christmas thing and he starts to try and make head or tail of it. And the best summarization he can come up with is this. In him was life. In him was life. And he'd seen miracles and he'd seen controversy and he'd seen arrest and he'd seen crucifixion and he'd seen resurrection and he's summing up the whole deal and he says, in him was life and that life was the light of humanity, not just to a special people, not just to the people who show up to things like this or could be persuaded to come to things like this, but to everybody, to the whole of humanity. He is the light of the world and those reading and those listening must have got excited at that point because they knew they lived in darkness. I mean, they lived under Roman occupation. They lived under slavery. The religious thing hadn't worked for them. Like for hundreds of years, God had said nothing, or so it seemed, and the people who were supposed to represent God didn't look like light, they looked like darkness. And and they lived under a, a tyranny of a man called Herod, who was the king. Herod, if you know anything of the history, had killed one wife and two sons because he thought they threatened his throne. And you thought your family was dysfunctional at Christmas time. And they lived under all of that and they began to say, is it possibly true that that in the darkness, light has come and in the shadow of this dark, Jesus is born. The light, says John, get this, listen. The light puts on skin and moves into the darkness and lives amongst us, in us, and through us, the light of God illuminating and guiding and purifying and empowering the beauty of God invading this world, and nothing is ever the same again. The light shines in the darkness. And John says this, and the darkness has not overcome it. And he's speaking from a perspective where most of his mates had died and been killed for what they believed. And he says, even though that stuff's happened, the darkness has not been able to overcome it. They can't put out the light. Listen, your darkness cannot put the light out. In fact, the opposite might just be true. Light comes into the middle of darkness. And light is born in Jesus And light grows up and teaches incredible things that seem to make sense of life and exposes the dark. Light comes and says, you can know God and you can know him forever. Light comes and says, you can live with purpose and wisdom in this world. Light comes and says, you don't have to live in shame and guilt. You can live in forgiveness and grace because light has come. Way back then, In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Way back then, God got universal. But right now, God is getting personal. Way back then, God brought light to the world. Now he's bringing light to your world. Christmas is God getting personal. And in the middle of your relationship this Christmas, he wants to shine his light his light of peace and his light of truth. And in the confusion of your finances this Christmas, he wants to blaze his light of hope and show a different way. And in the chaos of your inner life this Christmas, your despair, your depression, your disappointment, he wants to shine his gentle light offering future and comfort and understanding. And into your fears and your anxieties this Christmas, he wants to shine his competencies and his answers and his faithfulness. When everything else is shifting and changing, you don't know where you're standing anymore. He says, I am faithfulness. 
And in the middle of your shame this Christmas, he offers the light of his forgiveness. And guys, listen, when you're done trying to solve it or fix it or mend it or politicize it or navigate it or umpire it, the light has come. And it's personal. Christmas is God getting personal. Do you know, as Jesus grows up, the light of the world, he stands at a really pertinent moment in one of the greatest feasts of the Jewish calendar. It's called the Feast of the Tabernacles. In the Feast of the Tabernacles, the, the, the big thing was they lit these huge candelabras, you know, massive things that lit up the whole of Jerusalem. And at the end of the feast, the high priest came and he snuffed the candelabras out. And the Bible says at that very moment, Jesus, the light of the world, stands up and says this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christmas is God getting personal, and it changes everything. Band are gonna come, I'm gonna pray. I can't remember what else we're gonna do, but I'm gonna pray. So let's do it. So Jesus, if you're really the light of the world and you're really the hope in the darkness and you're really the way, the truth, and the life, would you come, would you come close? Would you come into our hearts and our hopes and our dreams and our fears and our anxieties and our disappointments and our shame. And would you come bring your light of life to our hearts this Christmas time? We ask this in your precious name. Amen.